Hey guys, this is Sean Cannon, and you are listening to the Ben Is Now podcast. Warning, warning. Today's episode contains spoilers. So if you have not seen the movie or TV show that we are talking about, we highly recommend that you watch it first, then listen to this episode. Thank you. Rise and shine, my sinners. When Father Evil starts his day, he gets a little deadly. Deadly Grounds Coffee has the richest, smoothest flavor you'll find anywhere. It's sinfully delicious. Once you go deadly, you never go back. Order yours at getdeadly.com. Coffee's so good, it's scary. Hello and welcome to Then Is Now's 2023 edition of 13 Days of Hallotober. I am your host, Rigor, and joining me today is Michael. How's it going, Michael? Good, 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 good. I'm glad we're still talking about werewolves because that's like probably one of my absolute favorite things in horror movies. Awesome, awesome. And it's funny, you know, first of all, I'm glad you're here. And, you know, after I watched today's film, um, I like I watched it on Tubi and Mm -hmm. other werewolf films were popping up that I'd never heard of. So I was like, oh, my God, there's like a whole giant world of werewolf films. 90% are probably not that good, but it was just funny to see. Only because they can't get a decent budget. Yeah, for the yeah. Effects. But yeah, that happened to me too. There were there, and not just werewolf movies, but horror movies I've never heard of. Like, you know, they're making all like you said, the channels making all these suggestions, and I'm like, what's that? You know? Yeah, <laughs> what's yeah. What's that? I've never heard of that before. Like that's that. I got to add all these things to my list, which is already like seven miles long. I know. <laughs> you Let's know, and watch. that's why I was going to tell you too. I was going to tell you off mic actually. Um, I'm glad we're you're joining me on these shows like uh, then is now and uh, excuse me one second oh, excuse me um, and um, the Fright Lounge because it exposes you to movies that you know I may either have seen or been familiar with but stuff that maybe you've never even heard of which I think yeah. is so cool because I love getting your take on these things yeah I've definitely there's definitely been a couple of things that um, uh, that that we've watched so far that like I watched it for the show and then while we were talking about it i started thinking damn i gotta watch that again you know like that's really cool <laughs> that's stuff awesome. that i like blue monkey that i never yes. would have watched yeah and then i watched it and i was like it's, it's just so much fun even though like the effects at the end are not great but it's like i was just like i love this this movie is so cool <laughs> yeah you know yeah. that and that's one that i i remember it came out on video and uh, when i worked at the video store i i, I suppose there's a statute of li- limitations i can say it but i i made a copy of it back in the day on VHS and um, mm. I, it's funny because I remember loving it and then never going back to it again until we recorded about it yeah <laughs> but yeah. I'm, I'm and, glad to be able to expose you to to Italian horror movies and Mexican horror movies there's just so yeah, many yeah. things out there and you told me that the the uh, there's some like Mexican wrestler movies or something oh, that you yes. wanted to tell me about so yep. I'm looking forward to that too alright cool we'll have to maybe we can get Juan back on for uh, next show um, although I was thinking, well, I have thoughts on Fright Lounge for October, and, and we'll talk about that off mic. But okay. anyways, our topic this year is werewolves, obviously. And the film we're going to cover today is a little-known movie called Wolves from 2014, starring Jason Momoa, Lucas Till, and Stephen McCaddy. Yes, which I had never even heard about until the other night when we were talking about movies. And I was kind of scrolling up and down because we were looking for a, uh, another one for the, for the shows. And I was like, what's this one? This is recent, and Jason Momoa is in it. And we were both like, what? Huh? Huh? Yeah. <laughs> so, like, oh, hell, let's let's use, let's watch it. You know? Yeah, I had heard the title and that he was attached to it, but it's one of those things that was probably, a, you know, a news headline that went by me and then, it, you know, went in one ear and out the other or whatever, one right. eyeball and out the other. Yeah. <laughs> 
think I'm losing my mind. No! Of course you're not. You're just young. Bridget, pick yourself up. And life is complicated. Everything's changing. I'm scared too. High school student wakes to find he's changing into something vicious, unpredictable, and wild. He goes in search of his true heritage after his parents are viciously murdered. Well, that was kind of a weak plot synopsis, but I guess yeah, it really was. It. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it's essentially you know that's that's the that's the gist of it, and then you know and There's a shit happened. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so and since, what he finds is not what he expected. Or, right. You know, like, so since this there. is the first viewing for both of us, what was your first impression, Michael? I actually thought it was pretty cool. Um, not from like a, not that the, the 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 story in particular was was super original or that the the dialogue was particularly snappy, but um, I really enjoyed watching it. Sometimes I like watching something that has a very streamlined, you know basic kind of plot with only a few characters and lots of cool fights and stuff. And um, I don't know. I just really, I really enjoyed it. It seemed, it seemed like it had, I don't know. It, it was just fun. It was just fun. I felt like, yeah, I agree. I agree. You know, like I said, I had heard of it vaguely, but didn't never saw it until recently, but I loved it also, and I agree with your assessment. I, those are the words I think I was looking for, is that it was simple, yet it was entertaining with lots of fights and stuff, you know, and mm. it got horrible reviews. I think it got like a 20% on Rotten Tomatoes, but um, yeah. I thought it was highly entertaining. I thought the wolf makeup was great. I didn't Me see too. anything computer-generated. There may have been, but I didn't see anything computer-generated in it. I got the sense that maybe they touched certain things up with CGI, but that, I mean, I don't know. It, I'm assuming they were wearing suits, you know? That's Those what I thought. I haven't, Jason Momoa yeah. still, Wolf Jason Momoa still looked like Jason Momoa, just, right. just hairy, hairier. <laughs> he was awesome in this. I just got to say, I was, honestly, I was pleasantly surprised when I watched this movie, so. Yeah. And I was thinking 2014. I mean, how far back, how many years ago was he on Game of Thrones as the Dothraki uh, guy? Uh, that was that. Uh, maybe seven years ago, right? Or eight? I don't or recall. maybe not quite that many. Let me see. I can look it up real quick here. Because, see, I remember him from Stargate Atlantis. That was when I was first introduced to him. So, Oh, um, I didn't know he was on that. Yeah. Huh? 
that was when I first saw him. I only watched like the first. I watched the first season of Game of Thrones, and it's just one of those things we didn't get a chance to follow up on that. But um, mm. let's see. So, uh, of course, everyone should know that he plays Aquaman. Did you read the the recent article? There was a headline out there that basically Warner Brothers shot Aquaman two, and for some reason they fucking lost all the footage. What? Yeah. How do you lose footage in this day and age? I have no idea. I have no idea. I, I didn't really follow up on it because it, it's one of those things where at that point yeah. I didn't care. It didn't have any impact on my life. But Yeah. Um. So he was apparently on 44 episodes of Baywatch. No way. I never really watched that. I watched it once in a while if I was, you know, flipping channels and saw girls in bikinis. But yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, so Stargate Atlantis, he was in from 2005 to 2009. Oh, and then, that's right, I remember this. This was actually really good. He was in the remake of Conan the Barbarian. Did you see Really? That? No, I didn't see I didn't see the remake. I highly recommend it because he is far more like the character in the book than Arnold ever was. Um, he's, he's, you know, he's not as bulky. He's, you know, he's toned down, but he's fast, he's cunning, and he's stealthy. And that's how how he's described in the book. And it, uh, I remember I read several of the books. I have them all pretty much. But um, it was very good. And it was not well received. I think I almost think people were expecting an Arnold movie and expecting yeah. it to maybe be silly. And this was yeah. this was really good. So I definitely recommend that. But that was 2011. And then after that, also 2011 to 2012, he was in 10 episodes of Game of Thrones. OK, yeah. Yeah. He his character died at one point. Yeah. But um if you ever get a chance, Game of Thrones is really, really good, except for the last season. Okay. <laughs> the last season is a is a is a is a train wreck. Oh my god! But um, but up until that point, it's actually quite good. Um. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, he did have a he had a cameo in an episode of Peacemaker. I remember that. That was actually really funny. Huh. Um. Yeah. He's very. I feel like he's almost. I don't know. I don't want to. This is going to sound bitchy when I say it, but I feel like he's almost in like the Stallone category, where he doesn't have like a massive range as an actor. But when you need somebody like that, he, there's nobody better, right? Like, oh, we need we need a big, scary, tough-looking guy who da 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 da. Oh, him definitely. You know, right? right. <laughs> Which I'm not yeah. a huge fan of the Fast and Furious movies, but he's in the newest one that came out recently, Fast X, and uh, I'm curious to see that. <laughs> yeah. I guess it would be kind of cool to see him and uh, Vin Diesel and uh, uh, who's the other guy? The Rock. Oh, the Rock. All yeah. in, this, all in the same Jason movie. Statham. Oh, Jason! I love, I love Jason Statham. Oh my God, the Meg Two was so good, and you know what? It's like killing it at the box office right now. Oh, I need to see the second one. Yeah, so good. I really like. There's something about Jason Statham. I don't know what it is, but he's he's just got this. This quality where he, he, I don't know, most of his characters are kind of the same guy, but I just find him so entertaining. Like, he's not a Seagal who walks through every action scene unscathed. You know, he's he's he gets down and dirty, he gets injured, but you can believe that he can do what he can do. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what I think. And he's not, he's not the biggest guy in the room, but it's like, and he sort of tries to brush things off and is kind of sarcastic, but once you cross a certain line with him, it's like, okay, yeah. you're done. <laughs> you're all done. Yeah. <laughs> Which, all right, I'm going to go on a quick tangent here, and I know this is probably old news to folks listening now because this is being released in October, but um, I uh, I just I sent you and Spencey a headline today of that new show, which is a prequel to John the John Wick series called The Continental. Oh, yeah, yeah. And right. uh, Mel Gibson's headlining it, and he's making a huge Hollywood comeback with it. And uh, dude, you know, I am so looking forward to it. He's basically flipping the bird to everybody that was uh, rotten to him, because God forbid yeah. you should make a mistake, get drunk, and make a mistake like poor David Hasselhoff, and have your right. career tanked. Yeah. So, anyways, that's, that's sucks about being in the public eye. You fuck up, and everybody's like, "I can't believe it." I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I've done plenty of dumb shit, said some stupid shit, and then later on come around and go, oh, fuck, did I really do that? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Sorry, dude. Like, nobody had it on camera, so. I know. Well, but anyway. I will never admit to it, but anyways. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> wasn't me. It wasn't me. If Damn it wasn't proof? recorded, it didn't happen. <laughs> Does any, yes, exactly right. No video, didn't happen. All right, so this film was directed by David Hayter. Um, this is his second outing as a film director. He actually he wrote 
the original, the first X-Men movie. And, yeah, I thought I knew his name. Okay. And The Watchmen. Um, so, no way. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he wrote the film adaptation of The Watchmen. Yeah, yeah. I mean, how hard is it? All you got to do is grab the comic and you know, copy the words over. <laughs> Maybe add some just scene <laughs> well, descriptions. <laughs> there were some slight deviations. I know. But yeah, you're right. Okay. Um, and he also wrote this movie too. So, um, in our cast, we've got uh, Lucas Till is the actor who plays Caden Richards, the main character here. I watching this right, and I'm like, he looks so familiar to me. And then when I did my he research, he was in X Men First Class. That's right, and X Men Apocalypse. He played Havoc, Alex Summers. Yes, he was Havoc, right? And he was also uh, MacGyver in the reboot series, which I think I only watched like the pilot episode, and that was it. Oh no way! I never watched it, but wow, I didn't know that was him. Yeah, wow. yeah. And he was in kind of a kids' movie called Monster Trucks, which I had watched with Aiden a year or two ago on TV, and hmm. um. Uh, it's it's a fun movie. It's it it's bizarre. I I, I got to say it's actually a curiosity on that level. It's just so it's like these <laughs> monsters. Uh, I don't know for whatever reason they come into our world and they end up in hiding inside these monster trucks and they're able to control them. And it it's a kid movie, but it was just I don't know. It was kind of funny. But anyways, I knew I'd recognize him so. Um, we talked about Jason Momoa, who plays Connor Slaughter here. Who names their kid Connor? I mean, Slaughter. <laughs> I know, right? Is it like, and then like his full name is actually Connery Slaughter. Or it's like Connery J. Slaughter or something. <laughs> and you wonder if like, even, even, even the character himself, you wonder if he named himself that, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. He was really like Schlossenberger or something. And he, he's like, oh, that doesn't sound scary enough. I want to be <laughs> Slaughter. Now, I could be wrong, but I have a recollection of maybe was it you and me texting quite a while ago saying and you telling me that you had issues with Jason Momoa and you didn't really care for him? I may have said something like that. Yeah, I I, I kind of I don't know what my what my problem is. I, I guess I just feel like he's so he's talked about so much these days and I, I just feel like he's kind of overrated because he can only really play one note, you know? Yeah. Um, but I don't like, uh, like vehemently dislike him. I just kind of like, I don't get excited about him. People go, oh, Jason Momoa. And I'm like, yeah, God. <laughs> like all he can do is scowl and you know, like, which is not really fair to him. I mean, he's, you know, and those the, are the roles he gets cast in. You know, he so. scowls and the women just fall at his feet, you know? <laughs> no, no shit. Yeah, I'm like not like I'm not jealous of him. I mean, damn. <laughs> I, I look down my nose at him, but if I could be, you know, live in his body for oh my god, yeah, a, a day or two, <laughs> I, I wouldn't turn that down. Right, um, ladies. <laughs> no, it's like <laughs> ladies. Uh, um, so then we've got Merritt Patterson who played Angelina Angel Timmons, which I didn't really find anything. Much uh, noteworthy in her credits. Me neither. Yeah. Um, oh, in the credits. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. In her performance. Meant, like, I mean, yeah. She was yeah. serviceable, you know. It was fine, but yeah, there was nothing really. Yeah. Uh, almost like it's like like it. you could tell she had talent as an actress, but she wasn't given a wide range to do. And I yeah. almost felt like she was hired just to be eye candy in this movie. Yeah. Because she's gorgeous. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Um, and uh, then uh, we get the character Wild Joe, played by John Piper Ferguson, who has been in tons of TV shows since 1979. Um, he was also in the in the film, uh, the horrible sequel, Mary Lou, Hello, Mary Lou, Prom Night 2, hmm. um, which I remember hating that movie. Um, then, of course, we've got one of my favorites, uh, um, reliable character actor named Stephen McHattie who played John Tarleman. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've always said that him and Lance Henriksen could play brothers. Yes. <laughs> Every time I see him, I go, oh, it's Lance. No, no, it's the other guy. <laughs> you know, and yeah. I couldn't find it, and I didn't have time to, to really look into it, but there's a third guy, too, that could be, like, one of those guys' son. So you, Or actually, you could have Lance be the grandfather, you know, Stephen be the father, and this other guy be the, the son or the grandson. And uh, I'm sorry, Lance be the grandfather, Stephen be the father, and the other guy be the grandson. And I just can't remember who the third guy was. I'm thinking Robert John Burke, who played RoboCop in the sequel movies. But ah. I, I, 
I don't know. I tried looking it up, and I it didn't look it didn't ring a bell. And I was like, ah, fuck this. <laughs> I got other things to do. That would be awesome to get the three of them together and make a, like a high budget pumpkin head sequel. Oh, you know? yeah. Rise of the Pumpkin Patch. Or oh, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> There's like nine of them, you know, <laughs> stomping around. <laughs> I, oh, man, we got to talk about that movie at some point. I fucking love that movie. Mm, Pumpkinhead, Pumpkinhead, his enemies are mostly dead. But that's like another one that they could do a really good remake of. If they, if they, that's We should do that as a topic sometime. Like remakes that never have never happened but could be. Like how would, who would we put in the remakes and, you know. Oh, that's a great topic. Uh, let me write this down real quick, uh, Mike. Here, because uh, I have a couple of movies in my head that I'm always saying, "Why? Why has nobody tried to remake that?" You know, I'm just curious. If they got a really good director and a decent budget, they could, they could make a killing with that. You know, whatever it is. Right. Right. Okay, that's a great idea. Um, <clears throat> okay, so then we've got. Um, Let's see. Oh, oh! I wanted to mention uh, Stephen McCaddy played Hollis Mason in The Watchmen, and he's been acting since 1970. So he's been in tons of genre movies and TV shows over the year. Um, and then the the last actor in this movie that uh, stood out to me was um, Janet Lane Green. She played uh, John. Um, what's his name? Yeah, John Tolerman's wife, Clara. And uh, she was in The Believers from 1987 with Martin Sheen. I remember my parents taking me to see that, and it was about, like, voodoo and stuff. And um, hmm. I, I remember enjoying that movie. So hmm. that might be one to revisit at some point, too. So anyways, we got this cool opening sequence uh, where uh, Caden is the main character, and he sort of, he's at this, what, like a gas station or it's like a a rest stop on a highway or in a, in a town somewhere. And this prostitute approaches him and he's like, yeah, no, I'm not interested. And then these other guys start haranguing her and he fucking jumps in and basically saves her, which I thought was a cool scene. Yeah, that I loved that scene that that. Yeah, I was just like, cause it's like you're now, now it's kind of like crossing over two of my favorite things, like superheroes and werewolves. Yeah. And, you know, she gets she's getting in trouble and he comes up and he's like, hey, you know, yeah, leave her alone. And they're like, ah, fuck you. And then when he comes in, he comes in to attack them. And I think for a moment she's kind of relieved. And then she sees him ripping the guys to pieces. Yeah. <laughs> and then she gets terrified and runs away. Um, but I love that. That whole scene, the way they handled that. Yeah. It was so cool. It was awesome. And then in his narr- he's like narrating to himself in and around that. And. He sort of basically says, um, like in American Wolf in London, that he realizes he has to kill himself in, a, in order to stop the the yeah. uncontrolled killings, which I thought was kind of a... I thought it was and cool. I, think, I thought it was a nod to the movie, to American Wolf, mm, but what were we going to say? I, I, was that after he uh, killed his parents? Do they show him... I'm trying to remember now, back to the beginning of the movie. Did he does, Do they show him, like, what happens to the parents, or does he just say it in exposition later on? No, he he just wakes up uh, after knowing after a night where he knows he wolfed out. He wakes up and there's blood all over the house. And that's right. He finds his parents dead and assumes that he did it. Right. And, yeah. So uh, it was after th- that. It was after the prostitute scene where he rescues her. Yeah, yeah. And that the whole reason he's at that rest stop is because he left home because of the, kid, the dead parents. Right. 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 And then at the, he's at the bar in the town there, and he meets Wild Joe. Who's got all kinds of plot information for him, <laughs> which I thought was interesting. Basil exposition. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I mean, it was kind of cool, you know, but, you know, it was it was one of those things where I was like, OK, it didn't bother me that much. I was like, all right, you know, something's got to happen to, you know, this kid, this kid can't run the story by himself. Something else has to, you know, come in and change the the story slightly or give us more information or yeah it almost seems like yeah they had to kind of insert that into the script in order to kind of push him in the direction he needed to go in for the story so and they sort of establish in this movie that i think while while i almost said while bill while joe tells him that the um uh the werewolves that are bitten are like mutts unlike the purebloods who are born as a werewolf like uh caden yes so i thought that That was was interesting yeah I felt like a lot of this movie derived um, the mythology from the werewolf, the apocalypse role playing game. 
Mm. They seem to move in clans. You know, you had the purebloods and the mutts, and um, I don't know. There was just a lot of elements to it. And if you notice, folks, sorry. So, folks, um, there's a role-playing game called Werewolf the Apocalypse, if you don't know about it. And they, they describe, they have a name for each stage of what a werewolf looks like. So you got a human. Then if you've got the Lon Chaney kind of werewolf, he's called um, Glabro. Then when you've got the full-on bipedal wolf-looking thing, like from the Howling, and that's Krinos form. And then there's the Lupine form, which is sort of like American Wolf in London, where you just become a full-on wolf. I think, Giant wolf. I think, I think there's two. There's like the smaller, regular wolf size, and then there's the giant dire wolf size. Dire wolf, yeah. So, um, you know, so in this, they don't ever get beyond the Glabro form, which I thought worked for this movie. I thought... And we were just talking about that the other day. Yeah. <laughs> which is weird. Yeah, because we talked about really Jack Nicholson's it. wolf. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And I liked it in that movie. And then this one went a little bit further because they were a lot furrier. Right. And uh, a lot more wolfed out. But they were still like wearing human clothes and, you know, they still had regular arms and legs and, you know, human body shape. But they were just like animal animalistic humans. And um, that was really cool. I really liked the way they looked. I loved the way they looked. For me, it was like. That's the ideal for, you know, if I was going to make a werewolf movie, that's what I would have them look like. Yeah. Um, and except for maybe one dude who could go all the way into Krinos, but whatever. Um, <laughs> just spitballing here. But um, yeah, and even Jason, I thought Jason Momoa was going to go all the way. I thought he was going to, you know, like sprout the, the snout and the ears out of the top of his head and go full, full out. But um, he was just a slightly bigger version of the other one. And um uh, very similar, you know, proportions and everything. Although, I mean, not proportions, but uh, like features. And of course, he was a little bit bigger and had some scars from his his previous, you know, years. But right, um, I was a little surprised that the younger kid, the main kid, Caden, is that his name? Yes, yeah. That that he was able to hold his own against uh, Connor. Uh, uh, what Connor? Yeah, Connor. Sorry. Um, that he was able to hold his own against him because the Connor's pretty big, you know, comparatively. Right. But um, there was a fight between them, not quite, was it at the very end? It was near the very end of the movie. And it was very satisfying, that fight, because it, it yes. like they just beat the shit out of each other and they just kept getting up and coming back for more and getting up, coming back for more. Yeah. But they were still getting, they were still getting hurt in the course of the fight. Like they would claw each other and there'd be blood and they would fall and, you know, it wasn't like they could, they would shrug off the injuries. They were, it, you, they maintained, they still were bleeding and they were still hurting, but they just kept fighting. And the, the young kid was just relentless. I think that was one of his, his uh, advantages in the fight was that um, the bigger guy just kept expecting him to stay down and he wouldn't, you know, he kept getting up. And um, right. I remember while I was watching it, you know, I'm, I'm watching them fight. I'm watching them fight. And I'm like, damn, this is a good fight. Like, yeah. They're yeah. really, you know, <laughs> they're like throwing each other and clawing each other and punching each other. And it was just, it was very cool and very entertaining. And you could tell that somebody choreographed that fight. Oh, absolutely. You know? Yeah. And then, in, you know, in some movies they do a fight like that and it's over in like, you know, 45 seconds. But this one went on for like five minutes and they were just wailing on each other. And uh, it was great. I thought that was really that was like a really great scene. I agree. I agree. And it was just like and what I wanted to say, too, about the fact that they don't go into full on Krenos, you know, bipedal werewolf form. I think it it works to this movie's advantage because you still you're getting truly getting the personalities of the characters rather than having it be just an animatronic or a computer generated wolfman, you know? Right. Um, it was still them in the makeup and you believed it was them as werewolves. And then, like you said, the fight was so gripping that you, you just couldn't not believe it. It was, it was totally believable, yeah. you know? Yeah. And it was kind of cool that they were in full wolf form, but they weren't just like trying to claw and bite each other because, I mean, what did I say? Full wolf. Oh, as, I mean, full wolf, blah, 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 blah. full wolf form. As far as this movie was concerned, that was right. as far as they could go. It seemed, yeah. Um, they were all, they were in that full form, but yet they could still fight like regular guys. Like they had claws and teeth, but a lot of times they were just like punching each other and, and, you know, swinging each other around, slamming each other into the ground. And it was like a, it could have been just a fight between two, like 
you know, super powered people or something, but it was, uh, I don't know what I'm trying to say. Like if they were Krinos, there would have been a lot more biting and clawing and ripping and tearing, but this was like a combination of that yes. and a regular fist fight. Yeah. Which I thought was, uh, was great. And, and that reminded me too. And I, I know you, you haven't seen any of his movies, but, uh, Spanish, uh, actor, director, Paul Nashi, um, he played the Wolfman in like, I don't know, 20 films or something ridiculous like that. And, wow. Um, so we're going to cover those at some point, but yeah, there's a lot of times where it basically comes down to fisticuffs with him and he never get, goes beyond the glabro form. He's just the, the Lon Chaney mm. style werewolf. Um, <clears throat> you know, did you think, <clears throat> excuse me, I felt that the kid, uh, and of course I'm going to look his name up again, uh, Lucas Hill, who plays Caden, yeah. I got a David Boreanaz vibe from him. Did you get mm. that too, or? Uh, I wasn't, no, I didn't think of David Boreanaz while I was watching it, but, huh. I don't know. There was just something about, um, a young angel, um, just the way he was carrying himself and the way he was acting, which I thought his acting was really good. And I, I'm surprised we yeah. haven't seen him in a lot more since then. Yeah. <clears throat> I, I liked him cause they could have easily cast some like talentless, handsome young kid who just like you know, recited the lines off the paper and, and bopped around like nothing was really happening. But I really felt from this, this actor that like, even though he didn't overdo it, he didn't like wear his heart on his sleeve. He, I could through the whole movie, I really felt like he's kind of going through some shit. He's kind of suffering and he's being introspective as well as trying to figure out what's going on around him. And it, it, it was like just the right balance, you know, where he was, troubled but not they didn't overdo it and they didn't underdo it you know that's that's exactly it you could see the pain in his eyes and that yeah. to me is like really good acting if you can emote without having to say a word right you know and even when he knew he had some of the wolf power he did he wasn't like looking for excuses to wolf out and, and kill and fight people he was like all right no 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 i'm good i'm good you know trying to back out of situations and stuff and, and it was kind of it was angela who kind of because she's also a werewolf. It seems like everybody in this town is a wolf. Um, but she also it kind of tries to explain to him, you could still be good and be a werewolf, basically. Mm. I got to say, one complaint I had about the movie is I didn't like the way she looked in her wolf form. She was, like, too well-groomed, and she had these <laughs> markings, these, these, these pretty markings of, like, str almost like stripes that went down. And uh, I was like, oh, come on. You know, like, they, they just because she's female doesn't mean she's got to be pretty as a werewolf. They show a shot of that, too. And it's funny that you mentioned that because I have a visual in my head. In the end credits, they show mm. there's like a still of each of them in their wolf form. And that's I like that. Yeah. Um, I, I you know what? I Again, I keep making uh, comparisons. I keep drawing comparisons, I should say, to the werewolf role playing game. And yeah. in, in that, it's very tribal. And if you, you know. You do have that sort of thing, at least in the. It's a game, I know. I, I understand, folks. It's a game. Oh, but that's true. You do true. sort of have those different striations of the fur color, and you know, if you have a weapon or clothing that you've attached to yourself so it doesn't rip apart when you turn into a wolf, it becomes a pattern on your fur. Oh, right. You know, until and then you weren't turn there? Back to I mean, human. there were like tribes, but there were also like types of werewolves that like depending on when you were born or something or how you were born or whatever, you could be like a certain type. There were, there were like uh, not just tribes, but types of like werewolf that you would turn into. Like mine was a, I was like a, a, a silver something. Silverback. So I, I had like yeah. white, like white, silver, white fur and blue eyes. And, right. and that was like how I looked physically because of the circumstances of my birth. I don't know if it was the parenting or the, right. The, the moon cycle or something. And then, yeah, you're right. And some of the, some of the other ones had specific physical markings because of what kind they were. Yeah. Right. Right. And it was funny because there was one point where, um, I don't know, one of the, I think it was John tries to give, uh, uh, Caden, like a sort of, a, um, a family tree thing that sort mm -hmm. of rolled up. And there was a shit ton of them that like going way back to like, I don't know, hundreds of years. Yeah. So yeah, that would there could be very there could very well be you know all these different looks. I mean, think about think about pets like dogs and cats, 
how they all have different patterns in their hair. Yeah. Sometimes it looks like it was almost manufactured, and other times it just looks random and weird. But that that's true. Yeah, yeah. That's that's definitely true. So uh, that aspect didn't it, bother me. Yeah. And um, she also looked like she had like brushed her fur, like she was all yes, smooth and yeah. everything. And I mean, granted, the I guys were fighting and stuff. The guys that were fighting, so they were a lot more like shagged up. But um, right. I mean, it was fine. It it, it, it worked, but you know, I was just kind of like, that's a little weird. So I no, think be- right. because this movie is relatively new, and we normally spoil films. I don't want to spoil too much more of this movie because I think um, mm. I really think people should see it. I think it's a surprise hit, and I'm shocked at the horrible reviews it got. You know, there was one scene with bad special effects near the beginning where. Uh, Caden's riding his motorcycle down the road and he's headed to wherever the rest of the story is going to take place. Oh, it was like Lupine Valley, oddly right. enough. Right, uh, right. Coincidence? I don't think so. I know. <laughs> <laughs> he and, even says that when he's talking to the 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 father figure there later on. He's like, Lupine Valley, right? That's the, why you guys all like stay in this area or you named it this or something because Lupine yeah. means wolf, right? And the guy goes, well, actually it means wolf like <laughs> right right and they like talk about the name yeah it's, it's like good. semantics really <laughs> there's a, a town full yeah. of werewolves in a town called lupine valley and you're gonna talk semantics <laughs> about the name i know right well actually <laughs> <laughs> but um when he's riding his motorcycle it was obviously green screened and it was horrible i i almost wish couldn't they they could have just without getting paid just grab the camera and run outside and get a shot of him riding down the road and that's it you know right Right. <laughs> huh. I I don't really remember that, to be honest. I think I may have looked away. Like, I knew he was riding his bike, but I wasn't paying much attention. Yeah, exactly. It's such a negli- negligible establishing shot. I just happened to catch me. I, I You know, my my, uh, my autism and my OCD just sort of catch those little things. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the same way. If I see something that, that just doesn't look right, I'm like, oh, God damn it. Why didn't they make that better? Right. <laughs> like that. You know what I, a lot of times I don't like is that, like, bubbly this was there was a little bit of this in the how like the, the that like bubbly like my my face is changing kind of thing that happens when yes. people are turning into werewolves or whatever yeah and they put like these little air pockets under the under the head or under yes. the mask and then they squeeze a you know, little air into them and i don't mind it happens a couple of times but like if it seems like it's happening in in a sequence or a repeated sequence to me it looks like okay clearly that's air being pushed in by a machine at a certain rate, you know, at a certain sequence. And it, it starts to look like a fake head to me. And it yeah. doesn't look like a transformation anymore. So I'm just like, you know, quick, quick clips of that is fine. But when they show it for any extended period and the same two points are like, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> I'm just like, all right, clearly that's an effect. Like, you know, show something else. Right, you know? right. We know you can do that effect. It's been done to death for 30 yeah. years now. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, there's a lot of little things in here, though. There's a relationship that we won't say between Connor and Caden. Um, mm-hmm. I thought there was one cool thing, too, where... Uh, the What's his name? Uh, Wild Joe. No, hold on. I lost my train of thought here. I oh, had, oh um, Angela. Was it Angela? Angelina? One of those? She basically challenges him to determine whether, you know, being a werewolf is a gift or a curse. Yeah. And I thought that was cool because uh, I don't know where the folks this is going to end up in the lineup of werewolf movies. But we talked about the film Curse, Cursed and, um, you know, that whole movie kind of focused on it being a curse. Yeah. And I thought that was cool that they at least mentioned it, you know, and I think in this movie it's a gift. Yeah. You know, they don't you don't. And he it seems like Caden was born with it, too. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, whereas in Cursed, it was like only. Well, no, no, no. In Cursed, there was one character who was born that way, but everybody else was that way because they were bit. Right. Right. Um, and of course, there is a sex scene, and it's like they, the characters are having primal sex, and the chick's back gets hairy. <laughs> oh, I didn't even really. I wasn't really paying attention during that part. I saw them start to kiss, and I was like, oh, all right. <laughs> kind of like looked at, looked at something else for a. You know, a few, a few seconds and then looked. I wouldn't even notice that the hair, but yeah, that kind of thing happens all the time, right? Yeah, and the claws they they claw rake the claw that fingernails down the person's back, and right? They, right? Oh, they're so turned on, their claws are coming out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's an analogy. I think it would be really funny in one of these stories where where somebody's uh, uh, 
uh, a werewolf or a vampire and then they get all revved up during sex and they just like without realizing it just fucking eat the other person <laughs> and then afterwards be like oh shit i got a little too out of control yeah yeah that's it what gave into my impulses too much <laughs> that's one thing about this movie too is there are, there are a character character characters that get eaten but it's not really overly gory there's mm. like you know slashes and and you know clawing clawings and stuff but it's not you know, for folks at home who want to watch it, it's definitely not overly bloody or gory at all, I thought. And I like the way they handled the growling and stuff. I mean, I know it's probably it seems like a pretty basic thing, but I've seen movies where the, the growls and, and the roars and, the, and the, the howling and everything, it just doesn't quite fit the way, the, you know, the, the, the creatures look. And at that moment in the movie, you can sort of tell it's like dubbed over, but... Um, in this, it, they, they said, they, I think they did a pretty good job of kind of syncing it up with what was happening and, um, making it sound menacing without like going over the top. Yeah. Yeah. Um, was, was there any point in this movie where any of the characters howled? Like, um, I don't, like, I don't, I don't, I don't recall actually. Yeah. I kind of hate it when they just do it arbitrarily in movies. Right, right. <laughs> uh, because real real wolves howl when they're trying to like communicate where they are as far as what I think I've read or when they're um they're trying to communicate their location or they're trying to find each other or they're trying to maybe declare their territory or something. It's been a while since I read my books on wolves, but it seems like in the movies they have them just howl randomly because like I'm a wolf, got to howl, you know. Right, like, right. No, you don't really have to unless you need to for a certain reason. Yeah. Yeah, you know, now that you mention it, I don't know. I'd have to go back and and look. Um, I thought I definitely there was something about this movie that kind of like I don't know, about halfway through it sort of struck a chord and mm. it really I really was enjoying it and it kind of reminded me of Near Dark. Mm. I, I don't know, there's something just something homegrown about it. It you know, it 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 it's its own thing without expectations. You know, maybe there's a nod or two here and there to old werewolf movies and stories, but there mm. there's nothing overt. It's kind of like it's they don't have to be like we said the full on bipedal werewolf. They're just it is what it is, and you either mm. take it or don't. And that's I kind of respect that about this movie. Yeah, I don't know why. Like I, I think I said this the other day. Like. When I was younger, I almost I, I almost insisted on them being in full Krinos form with the snout and the whole deal, uh, you know, nine feet tall, or whatever. It's like otherwise, it's not a werewolf to me. But like yeah. now, yeah. now that I've seen so many movies and whatnot, I, I look I look at like like Wolf and and this one where they're in mostly the Glabro form, and I'm starting to appreciate that a lot more. Like that's you know, yeah. And then when they change back, they have their clothes still. They're not like you know, naked in the middle of the forest. Right, uh, right. That would have been, it would have turned into a nudist movie if that was the case. I know. And then it's like, a, it's a pain in the ass for the character because then they got to find clothes that fit them and right. they got to find out, you know, not stand out too much. And it's just like, it's like an inconvenience. Yeah, yeah. But um, there was one moment toward the end of the movie that, like I, that's when I knew I was interested enough in Caden's story. Like I was, I was interested in him and I was following to see what would happen and everything. Um, but I, there was a certain point where I knew that I had sort of connected with him. Cause at the end, one of the characters kind of reveals something and Caden like hears him and looks up at him. And I went, Oh, you know, <laughs> like, like I was feeling his response, you know, it was, yeah. uh, it was almost like in, in, um, Spider-Man no way home when they're on the, on the freeway and, um, Doc Ock says, uh, Oh, something! I'm gonna get your little girlfriend, and and the Tom Holland, Peter Parker, you know, like comes out with his his arms, you know, sticking out behind his back, and he goes, "What did you just say?" Yeah, <laughs> like <laughs> I'm gonna kick your ass. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I love, I always love that moment. Yeah. yeah, yeah. This movie, I think, is underrated, and I think eventually it's gonna find its audience because there's so many mm. excellent things in it. Um, you know, there's one scene where uh, Connor sends his his hench wolves. After Caden, uh, and um, you know, you're watching it right, and now, now at this point, they've established that the people who have been turned into a werewolf, as opposed to being born, are far weaker than mm -hmm. the the purebloods. So you got to figure in his head as he's he's running from them, but you know he's going to turn around and prepare for a fight. 
mm-hmm. that he's got to think be thinking, okay, these guys are actually weaker than me. I just have mm-hmm. to be smart about it, you know? And I, I like yeah. that they inserted that into the plot so it was in our head while we're watching it. Mm. Yeah, and you can almost see him change his mind. Yes. Like he's running, he's running from them. And then at a certain point, he's kind of, you can almost see him go, wait, the f- what the fuck am I running for? Right. And, you know, <laughs> and then he like turns around and, and uh, there's like four of them, I think, right? And yeah, it, yeah. It, and he just, he just turns around and just like launches himself at them. Like, okay, you know, you want to do this? Let's do it. Right, right. Yeah. Apparently but these... against, oh, go ahead. Uh, uh, sorry, against the Jason Momoa. Jason Momoa was uh, also born that way. So he was you know, right. equal power. Baby, I perform this way. Um, he um, <laughs> the, I, apparently there was nothing to do with silver in this movie or Wolfsbane or anything yes, like that. It looked that like was nice. Getting your throat torn open is the way to kill a werewolf. So right, just kill him. Yeah, yeah. And um, uh, shit. Did they talk about the full moon at all? I'm not sure if I they did. I think they basically said, I think it was Angela who basically says to him, yeah, you can pretty much turn whenever you want to. Because he, mm. like, when he first comes on the scene, it's out of his control. And they don't really mm. go into a him learning how to control it montage. But right. he it's just sort of implied that he was like, oh, wait, you can? And then he does, you know? Yeah, yeah. That's true. They kind of imply that time has passed and that he's he's gotten better. Uh, there were a few- we need a montage. Yeah. <laughs> I'm holding <laughs> out for a montage till the end of the film. All right. Sorry. <laughs> when Folks, you fade out, again. it makes when it when you fade out, it seems like more time has passed with a montage. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, I love that movie. <laughs> what movie was that? Uh uh, world, uh, what's it called? Team America, World oh, Police. Yes, that's right. Oh my god, I fucking love that movie. <laughs> I haven't seen that in so long. It's so great. America, fuck yeah, fuck yeah. <laughs> coming along to save the motherfucking day, yeah. <laughs> oh, that might be one we should cover on that is now a podcast. That's we so totally funny. should. Oh my god, <laughs> that would be a great Halloween costume to go in the in the multicolored like camo and. Oh yeah, because um, doesn't doesn't the woman have like pink cam camouflage? And, I think so. Yeah, it's different. Yeah, you'd have to do it. You'd have to like figure out darker, how to darker, make darker. it so you've got the marionette strings as well. Yeah, you know, or at least at least move that way. Yeah, know? put the lines on your face for the mouth or whatever. Yeah, that would be funny. That's funny. You could take like you know I don't know car antennas or something and just so so that way you could actually get through doorways. You know. <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah. Is, is that the movie? Did they, in that movie, like, it was, like, Stargate? Oh, no, it was actually an episode of Stargate SG-1, I think, and they, it, like, it kept changing format throughout the film, uh, throughout the show. I'm not sure why, but, like, at one point, the characters are all marionettes, and they're like, all right, we got to do this. We got to save the world, and they walk through the Stargate, and then on the other side, because they are on strings, the strings are cut off because they went through the Stargate, and they all just collapse <laughs> on the ground and can't move. <laughs> I think that was another thing, like a similar thing, because there's no gate like that in the Team America. I think there was another movie or another show that had that marionette look uh, around the same time. Oh, that's funny. But I don't know what it was called, but I, th- I, I it was more like a like a spacey kind of. Well, thing. there's all the original marionette shows, the Thunderbirds and. Right, right, right. Well, that's so what it, it was. I think they made one. I thought they had made a modern one that was reminiscent of Thunderbirds. Oh, um, that wasn't wasn't Team America World Police, but I don't know. I could be confabulating the whole thing. I don't know. I don't we'll really have to. That, know that's a sure. topic for another episode. Yeah. Um, so, anyways, I thought that was that was funny. Um, so, all right, here's a question I had. Now, there's a fight that goes on. Again, I'm not going to give too too much away, but John is obviously he's a werewolf. He's sort of um, he's like what his uncle or something. Caden's. Mm-hmm. He's somehow related to him. And yeah. he doesn't really get hairy at all. Like, his eyes change. No. Maybe he's got fangs, and he's using a sniper rifle. Mm. Did I miss something, or is it just because he's old? Or, like, why does I he not become a wolf himself? I'm pretty sure they talked about it while Caden was staying at the house with him. In in Because they had a couple of different conversations about things, like while they were eating or while they were you know, doing chores in the barn or whatever. And I, I think something was mentioned 
but I don't I don't know what it was. Either it was his, either it was his choice, or he made a promise, or his medical condition changed, or something. I think there was a reason why he didn't okay go into the transformation, but right, I don't know right. exactly what it was. I, I'm pretty sure they mentioned it, but I got to be honest, I I, I kind of didn't focus a lot on the dialogue in certain scenes. I was kind of like, oh okay, they're bonding, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like bonding. usually, I'm a lot more focused on what they're saying, but um. Yeah, yeah, I was trying to keep the volume down because my roommate was sleeping. And oh, okay, yeah. So funny. I like, I got, I got the, I was, you know, it was high enough that I could like hear most of what they were saying when they were talking, but I just missed some details. I keep telling you, put the closed captions on. Then, then I do sometimes. <laughs> I, I, yeah, some sometimes I do, but I didn't. I didn't this time. Yeah. Some some things don't. I don't want to get on a tangent here, but some things don't have it, even if you've got it activated, like on the TiVo. Mm. Like I'll be watching something, I'm like, oh, Days of Our Lives does that a lot. There's like. You're watching it, and it's. I've activated the. You know, you shouldn't have to reactivate this. The closed caption, and for whatever reason, they don't come. Yeah. Up. But yeah. anyway, so I, my point about um, the character of John was he's he's shooting, and he's got these things set up that cause big explosions when he hits them, and yeah. he his barn blows up, and he goes, "Oh, my poor barn." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that was kind of good having somebody like far away you know blowing up the the what was it, like packs of gunpowder or dynamite or something that he had placed yeah and he was just shooting them from a distance and setting them off and i thought well that's 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 pretty good like that was pretty good strategy because he i think he knew that that was where the they were going to hunt him down to that that area right and so caden just kind of walked out into that area and then and he waited until like the right time and then he started blowing shit up that yeah cool. <laughs> that's good so yeah, I mean, I, I think this was a really fun film. Do you have anything else you wanted to mention about uh, what went on in the movie? In the movie? In the movie? I could talk. <laughs> uh, no. I, I kind of felt like the female character was kind of useless, but maybe that was because I wasn't really listening to the dialogue. Um, I, like you said, she talked about whether it was a gift or a curse, and so I, I think that's a good good thing to have in the in the movie, but... Um, and I guess they had to have some female characters, otherwise it would have been like a whatever sausage fest or something. <laughs> but um, whatever they say, people don't even say that anymore, do they? It's like old slang. I don't know. I just um, remember the movie, the animated movie with Seth Rogen. <laughs> yeah, sausage party or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, so, I don't really have anything else to say about the movie. I don't think. All right, so give us your final thoughts on Wolves from 2014. I would definitely watch it again. Um, even if, even if you're the kind of person who kind of zones out during the story part and only pays attention to the fights, I think you would not be disappointed by this. But also if you are the kind of person to like pay attention to what's going on, it's not bad. It's like, it's very, uh, like I, I hate to use the word simple cause it almost sounds like I'm degrading it, but it's very like straightforward simple story it, it doesn't try to like redefine the genre or anything and i wouldn't say like you know the dialogue is anything earth shattering or whatever but it's almost just like somebody who likes werewolves decided to make a little story about werewolves and and just did it the way he wanted to do it or he or she or whoever you know the, the writers and uh it's cool it, it doesn't it, it's not complicated um but it's cool. There's there's a fair amount of cool characters and cool ideas mixed in there. And sure, maybe in some ways it might be a little cliche, but so what? If you're you know, if you're looking to just watch something that's purely entertaining, like above above any other things, like some movies they make you think and blah blah blah, but like this is a movie that's just just entertaining. And it and it and it not to say that it's bad in the story department, but it's it's not. It's just basic, you know, it's right. just like a straightforward and um i i really like it sometimes i like movies that are like just kind of straightforward like that you know yeah I like agree. the edge like the edge is one of my favorite movies with alec baldwin and 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 um anthony hopkins, uh, anthony hopkins. And they you know plane crashes and they get lost in the woods and there's a bear and so again there's only a couple of characters they only have one goal and you know the shit's going on now okay to be fair the script for that movie is written by David Mamet. So there's a lot more depth to the dialogue and whatever, right. but I like simple, basic situations in movies. Sometimes like, I don't want to have to like 
reinterpret every fucking scene and every bit of dialogue. I just want to watch what happens. Right. Yeah. I think this is a great movie. I would definitely watch this again. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Like, and like you said, it's not overly complicated. It doesn't need to be overly complicated. It's, Mm. you know, simple is not an insult. I think to a movie is, is there's a merit for it being a, basically a pot boiler, which I think is sometimes Mm -hmm. you need that, you know, you want just a, it's not, and it's not completely mindless that it's, you know, stupid, it's just, you know, it's not overly complicated. It's a basic story, and it works on several mm-hmm. different levels. And um, it was a nice take on werewolves. I thought it was sort of a breath of fresh air. It didn't need to break any boundaries or, you know, do much beyond what we've seen before. Mm-hmm. Um, the the designs of the werewolf forms were fucking awesome. I think it yeah beautiful. Whoever did the special effects in this movie, I think they should get an award because it was so well done. Hmm. Um, I almost feel like this could have, I mean, it was obviously done as a one shot, but I feel like it's too bad that it didn't do better because then maybe they could have gotten a contract for a sequel with a higher budget and they could have, you know, taken it further. But um, what what they do do in this movie is is really good. Do do. (laughs) Do do. Uh, uh, He said do do. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, we had the guys, I think I mentioned it on one of the show, we had the guys that made a film called Eight Found Dead. And by the end of the film, I wanted more. I wanted to play in that universe more. And I, I mm. felt that with this movie, too. Mm-hmm. It's like you could have had you could have had a couple sequels. You know, who knows? Down the line, Jason Momoa is still doing stuff. You know, mm. the, I think I don't know where the main guy is, but, you know, they could still um, make something that at least takes place in the same universe. So, mm-hmm. yeah, folks, I highly recommend this movie. In fact, as I'm watching it, I'm thinking, all right, I got to tell Spencer, I got to tell Chris Baskin, I got to tell all these people, go watch this movie. Yeah, 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 me too. So and and I think I said the other day that, like, I don't know, I, every once in a while I get this idea in my head that I'm going to write a story about something. And I always have werewolves in my head because that's one of my favorite things. And lately we've been watching all these werewolf movies and it's sort of getting the creative juices going again. I don't, and again, I don't know if I'll make time to actually put pen to paper or whatever, but um, watching this movie really sort of inspired that in me a little bit because i think if i if i were going to make a movie or write a story it would be kind of like this it would be kind of basic straightforward this you know these are the this is the handful of characters that you need to know about and bam it's like you know a bunch of events that happen pretty much straightforwardly in sequence and then there's a lot of cool shit mixed in (laughs) right (laughs) right (laughs) and that's how it should be and that's how this movie does it you know you don't need pentagrams on people's hands and every right. every scene doesn't have to harken back to an older film or book or whatever. You know, it's like it's yeah. its own thing. And I think I respect it for that. Yeah. And there wasn't really any of this dichotomy of, oh, he has the powers when he's in human form and he craves meat when he's in human form. And it was just when he's human, he's human. And when he's wolf, he's wolf. Like, right. You know, there was none <laughs> of that weird stuff that, yeah. that they put into a lot of movies. Yeah. And sometimes that works. But in this movie, it wasn't necessary. So, yeah, I definitely recommend this movie. And, um, you know, that's our discussion for Wolves from 2014. I did want to mention real quick, because I just uh, found this out a little while ago before this recording. Um, you and I, Mike, had talked about Werewolf by Night, which was the Marvel comic they made into a movie. Mm-hmm. It's on Hulu now. You don't have to have it on Disney, because I know you don't have Disney+. Plus. And um, right. anybody out there that wants to check it out, I highly recommend this movie. It was well done. It was it was adult enough, you know. It's a Marvel film, so it doesn't it necessarily can uh, uh, pander to kids, you know. It's it's really well done. So uh, maybe we'll do a bonus episode on Werewolf by Night because. Do you know when that movie was made? Uh, like last year. Oh, recently! Oh, yeah. wow! Okay. Yeah. Huh. So it might even have been earlier this year. I'm not sure. I'd have to look it up, but. Um, I'll definitely check that out. Yeah. So. All right, Michael. Well, thank you for joining me today. No problem, man. Anytime. Awesome. Awesome. Well, folks, that's all the time we have for today's episode of this year's 13 Days of Hallowtober. Don't forget to check out our website at havenpodcasts.com where you'll find our other shows, The East Meets the West, in which we discuss Shaw Brothers' kung fu films and spaghetti westerns from the 60s to the 80s. 
and the Cult Movie Lounge, where we talk about all cult movies all the time. And check out our live monthly streaming show, Fright Lounge, in which the best horrorologists in town discuss horror media for the seasoned horror fan, as well as introducing newbies to the genre. And at our website, you can also find my blogs, Then Is Now, The Films of John Saxon, and horror films of the 1970s. If you like what you're hearing, please go to wherever you download your podcast from and leave us a great review so that other listeners can find us. Thank you for joining us today, and have a wonderful October. like the one you just heard, check out the Dorkening Podcast Network at thedorkening.com.